This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9, with available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults, with zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute, and available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. The Future Sport Podcast is brought to you by 3Advance, developers of sports tech apps that are AI-powered and UX-focused. So if you're looking to create some apps for your startup or your sports biz calls for some artificial or business intelligence, you should check out 3Advance. They're incredible. Go to 3Advance.com. That's the number 3Advance.com. Empire. Gatorade is global aid. And what we like to do with these uh, teams is, you know, try our products, uh, offer uh, this innovation first time to athletes, work hand by hand with our scientists uh, to uh, ensure that uh, the innovation we are testing is, is legit. That's Xavi Cortadeas, head of innovation and design at Gatorade, where the good old days provide folklore and the future means performance. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein. Gatorade helped Florida's football team become a powerhouse, and then it became a symbol of a championship getting dumped with the drink. It's as synonymous as going to Disney World. The work there is fascinating, though, and Xavi Cortadeas will walk us through their innovations. Plus, PlaySight is helping youth travel teams find streaming solutions. Their vice president, Scott McMeekin, will join us. But the future is now for the NFL playoffs. Over the last few years, the NFL has fought a real and perceived dip in interest in their product, which by any calculation still remains the preeminent sports league entity in the United States. But it doesn't mean that they aren't taking action to ensure the next generation of fans keep coming back. Megan Graham from CNBC.com joins us now. They've got a deal with TikTok, and we should probably start there. Many of our listeners probably know what that is, but for those who don't, what is TikTok? Sure. Um, well, thanks for having me, Bram. Um, have you ever been on TikTok? I have to ask. I have been on it, yes. Okay. So I downloaded it a couple months ago just to, you know, we were hearing about it so much. It's growing so quickly, and I'm so addicted now. It's so much fun. So it's kind of weird when you first download it because it's just this kind of endless scroll of short videos, and some are really funny. Some are, you know, kind of music people lip-syncing. That's kind of where um, where the platform came from. Its roots are with Musical.ly, which was kind of lip-syncing to songs. Um, some of it is, you know, dancing along, different routines. So there's all this different stuff, and the algorithms kind of learn what you like really quickly, and they kind of tailor to you what you're seeing based on, like, what you tend to watch um, all the way through or multiple times. Um, and then, yeah, if you want to share your own videos, the effects are amazing. Like, you can you can do all sorts of kind of goofy, um, you know, weird effects that, you know, you could see in a movie or, um, you know, make your face bigger or smaller into a fruit or something. It's just all sorts of goofy stuff. So teens absolutely love it, and it's been kind of taken – taking the sort of social media world by storm in the last uh, year or so. So why did the league work something out with them? Well, I, so 
I'm not a big football watcher, but um, from what I understand, the league has been just having more trouble with Gen Z, and Gen Z, of course, is kind of, I mean, generally speaking, it's teenagers at this point. Um, I think part of it, I've read because kids aren't playing football at the level they used to because of concussion concerns and things like that. Um, It's also kind of interesting because I think some sports have lended themselves better to this sort of new social world, like soccer just sort of plays really well with the streaming world. Something like basketball, um, you know, where you see their faces and you're so close to the court, those sort of video moments are very viral and shareable because you can see the looks on their face. Whereas football, I think what I've, from what I understand, it kind of lended itself so well to network TV where you had sort of six minutes of go, 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 and then commercial break. And it's a little bit different when you're looking at the streaming world. And also, you know, their faces are covered by helmets. So I think just generally speaking, there haven't been these sort of like super viral football moments that there have been in other sports. And basically what the NFL is trying to do is change that. I think they're trying to say, hey, we want to pull back the curtain show you guys some fun moments, um, show you guys personality of our players and kind of make you feel like you know them better and hope that that will translate to kids, uh, teenagers, whatever you want to call them, um, tuning in more. You know, what's really interesting about that is that, okay, so you don't get to see the players' faces and then that's been a difference here for some of these other sports as they transition into what is different content consumption. It seems to be preferable content consumption. And the NFL has this issue with concussions. And they could, I don't think they ever will, but they could perceive this as the door opening to if our popularity is based on the players being seen and recognized more, and we think that there'd be less concussions if we took the helmets off of the players because they wouldn't use their heads as weapons. It's an interesting thought process as you think about the future. Yeah, I hadn't even thought of that, but absolutely. Um, And it it, it is kind of interesting to, um, yeah, just to, to see these, you know, because there are moments here in these videos that are clips of them on the field or whatever. But um, for sure, I think, you know, maybe you're not used to um, seeing them as much, just kind of, you know, having fun on the field or whatever, very close up. Um, will there be exclusive content for TikTok or th- is it that kind of deal? It should be interesting to see. I'm not totally certain. They wouldn't get into a ton of specifics about what it'll be going forward. But for now, they they have the new NFL account. So they're basically just posting um, behind the scenes stuff, little memes and things like that. Um, there's going to be, they say, weekly content um, going forward for the next two years. And then they did a sort of, so I don't, so on TikTok, when you do, when a sort of a brand takeover, what they'll do is they do a, a, a hashtag challenge. So basically a brand will say, okay, we're going to pay however much um, for a couple days and they sort of design a hashtag and then they say, okay, we're going to hire influencers to, to come and, and to post things with this hashtag on the theme. So when Chipotle did this um, over the summer, it was like the Chipotle lid flip challenge. And then they paid influencers to um, basically post their own lid flip challenge and kind of get some momentum going. So the NFL is probably going to do some more of those. And then they also said they're going to be doing some sort of partnerships with other brands as well. So that could mean, I don't, I, we'll, we'll just see. I don't know if that'll be like athletic apparel, if it'll be um, other sort of publisher shows or anything like that. But, um, but yeah, it should be interesting to see kind of the avenues that they go down. For now, we don't know a ton of detail, but 
Um, but I think they are showing some behind-the-scenes sort of things that I don't know that you can see anywhere else at this point. Megan Graham from CNBC.com. Thank you, Megan. Thanks, Graham. Bye. Up next, Chavi Cortadeas on how Gatorade continues to innovate the idea of replenishing the body. This is the Future Sport Podcast. came up with worked because when the Gators came out the second half they were a different team well folks I figured the Gators coach had some stern words to say to his players because they're playing the third quarters if their life depended on it they've come a long way from those days where the goal was to turn the hometown Gators into a powerhouse our guest this week is Chavi Cortadeas who is the head of innovation and design at Gatorade hey there Chavi how are you Hey, all good. Thanks uh, for hosting me today. Um, it used to be, or at least the commercials tell us, a couple of chemists in a Gainesville lab. What's Gatorade now? Gatorade now, Gatorade's a lot of things. So we would like to say that we are evolving to become the sports nutrition company. So definitely growing and expanding our portfolio to offer more than the, the sports drink. Um, you guys have a sports science lab. There's a good profile of it on Fast Company if you want to see it. Um, what is the purpose of that? Can you kind of take us through it? Yeah, all, all the innovation that we do is uh, backed by science. That has been on the backbone of the brand since the beginning when Dr. Kate uh, created uh, Gatorade uh, back in the day. And uh, still science is on, on our DNA. So what, what we do is we partner very closely with the Gator Sports Science Institute on all the projects that we develop. And as part of this uh, uh, science support, we like to uh, test and pilot a lot of our innovations on the field. So uh, one of the labs that we have is at, uh, at IMG Academy. The other one is at, at Frisco. We have another one in, in Barrington and then an, an international team based in, in the UK. And what we like to do with these uh, teams is, you know, try our products, uh, offer uh, this innovation firsthand to athletes, work hand-by-hand hand with our scientists uh, to uh, ensure that uh, the innovation we are testing is, is legit and collect all this feedback. So it's a kind of daily work with our science team just ensure that uh, we are, all our products are backed by science and all our products uh, provide utility uh, to athletes. So tell us a little bit about the modern athlete. What have you learned about the modern athlete? Definitely it's a, it's a constant evolution, right? But I will say uh, uh, probably two things, uh, you know, on how we define modern athlete, uh, modern athlete versus kind of uh, in the past. One is the awareness of uh, sports nutrition. Uh, athletes right now are athletes 24-7 and they are taking care of a lot of their bodies, you know, what they eat, what, how much they sleep, how they recover, how they train. This holistic uh, view on the sports nutrition, it's, it's a very interesting space for us because that means that 
beyond providing uh, hydration uh, on, on the point of, uh, of sweat and during the active occasion, we could help these athletes to fuel 24-7. That's one thing. And probably the other one is, uh, you know, how athletes are integrated technology in their day-to-day. And they are kind of, you know, monitor everything that they are doing. Uh, they interact with uh, digital platforms. Teams are collecting more data. With this data, they help athletes to make smart choices. So this integration of technology and sports is, uh, you know, changing athletes' lives. And we believe that the sports nutrition could also be part of this trend. So let's talk about the science here a little bit. How has it changed here as you create these new products? The, the science, I will say that the science has not changed. So it's kind of an athlete is an athlete and kind of the, the, the way athletes uh, hydrate and fuel has been the same uh, for many, many years. Um, the, the way we are applying this science is that probably thanks to technology, what in the past was only accessible to a few athletes and to a few professional teams where we had the ability to deploy our scientists uh, on the field now we are trying to democratize that. So what we want is, you know, leverage this science and kind of via technology expand this to everyday athletes. A good example of that is uh, what we call uh, the sports field personalization platform. So for many years, Gatorade has been working side by side by, by, uh, with athletic trainers, strength coaches, etc. in professional teams to help athletes to feel better. What we want is that this type of service via technology to be accessible for every kid uh, in the U.S. who is into team sports or even into endurance sports. So it's basically the science is the same, but in the past was only accessible to a few. Now what we want to do is democratize that via technology. So, so how do you go about doing that? How, how do you make this accessible to people? So basically, you know, one example of that is kind of multiple projects are are related to that. One thing that we are doing is expanding our product portfolio, right? So there are multiple choices that athletes uh, could get in. But the the trigger here is, you know, how we make athletes smarter and kind of how to navigate, you know, the different uh, solutions that they uh, can opt in. So one of the projects that, uh, for instance, we have been working over the last few years is a smart sweat patch. We call it the GX sweat patch. That what we are offering the athletes the ability to self-diagnose themselves and figure out how much they are sweating and what type of sweaters they are. They could use the patch, apply uh, this patch on their uh, forearm and kind of take a picture of this patch and via image recognition, create a sweat profile in real time. This sweat profile will help them to know how much they are sweating and what are the best products and the best uh, sports fuel plants that they could use on an active occasion and also extend also into recovery and kind of pre and post uh, sports fuel recommendations. So it's, it's an example of a, you know, a, 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 a technique, the sweat pads that we have been using for years but now we are making this sweat patch smarter via technology and offering that to everyday athletes. So you don't need a scientist or go to a lab to analyze your sweat. Now you can do that uh, uh, yourself and basically democratize this access to uh, modern science. Um, let's talk about the brand for a moment here. Um, obviously, there's major brand equity with, with the name Gatorade, and yet you're talking about growing and going into different spaces. So so how do you guys go about differentiating yourself in, in what is now a very competitive marketplace? Yeah, the, the marketplace is it's fragmenting. So obviously, there are kind of new 
brands coming in into our space, and you know it's a reality. If you go today to your grocery store or to your convenience store, that more brands are getting in in all categories. And sports drinks and sports nutrition is not different uh, than that. Our point of view is that you know we want to be the number one brand. And to do that, that means to be backed by science and to be working with professional teams and leverage this access to, that we have to professional teams to come up with the best products. The, the type of access that we have is unique. There is no other brand in the world that has this type of access. That allows us to have first-hand insights of what works, what doesn't work for professional teams. And we want to be the brand to offer this technology, this innovation to everyday athletes. So we believe that being backed by science and working with pro teams, that will keep us on the leadership position. And yes, we will come competition. Sports is about competition. We, we like to have other brands, uh, uh, you know, playing on the same space than us. And that only helps us to, you know, keep improving and offer our best. I mean, it seems that this goes back and forth here. There's a lot to learn from working with the teams and the athletes, and they have a lot to learn from you. Can, can you kind of talk about the toggle in that relationship now? Yeah, we try. That's a very good point. It's, you know, when you work with innovation, when you work with science, um, and you work with professional teams, at the end, the direction needs to be bidirectional, right? So you, you, you cannot force the teams and say, hey, I want to test this product and kind of get these insights and go back to the lab and don't get back to the team. You need to provide utility to the, to the team. You need to provide a, a benefit to the team. So our playbook is basically to work very closely with, with what we call the influencers. That could be the athletic trainer, the strength coach, the, the dietitian in the team, and figure out what are the problems that uh, the, uh, the staffing have and how we could uh, make their jobs easier and offering them better solutions. So being a partner of this influencer and offering these solutions, these technologies, this new innovation to them, we could then get good feedback about these products, good feedback about this uh, innovation, and potential, uh, potentially scale up this innovation to everyday athletes. So as long as the relationship goes uh, in both ways, that we are providing a service and a benefit to the team, the team will be excited to collaborate with us and bring these uh, insights back to our uh, innovation pipeline, and we could be able to then expand this to consumers. So as long as the direction is, uh, the, the relationship is bidirectional, that works very well on both parties. Um, and you said here that the science hasn't changed very much, but the athlete has. There's a lot more information and, and clearly a, a, a different level of care that they're taking with their own bodies, and clearly the teams are, are thinking this way as well. Um, what have you learned about recovery, whether it incorporates the products or not, that are best practices for athletes? Yeah, it, it's a good question. I would say that probably, probably that the number kind of the big news here is the awareness, right? So I think in the past, and I, I'm I'm not an old guy, so it's kind of when I talk in the past, I try to be cautious on on that. But I think in the past, athletes focus a lot on kind of you know what exactly they were doing on on, on in the game, and then after the game, it was a little bit kind of uh, free flow for everyone. Now, athletes start thinking on the next practice, on the next game, immediately uh, when they finish their game. So it's kind of this awareness of what you will do immediately after kind of your ice bath, your uh, uh, sports smoothie, your nutrition shake, kind of how, how much you are sleeping, etc. All these little variables will get ready for your next game, your next training. 
I'm, I'm athletes care about that, and we are seeing examples of athletes that are having, you know, longer careers, less injuries, that they are performing at their best when they are kind of on their late uh, 30s or, or, or early 40s, right? That means that these athletes are taking care of themselves, and they see recovery as part of, you know, their lives as athletes. And I think that this trend uh, is going mainstream right now. It's kind of, uh, you know, athletes, uh, everyday athletes are also taking care of themselves and kind of overall population kind of uh, try to be more active and kind of train more, et cetera. And that, that's big. And that, that makes athletes uh, better on the field, but that makes all of us kind of healthier uh, individuals. So I think that this notion of, of recovery and that recovery matters for your performance and for your overall health, less injuries, et cetera, that's the number one change. The science has not changed. It's just the awareness that the athlete has that makes these things more relevant. Yeah, I think, listen, diet has been talked about, you know, nationally and probably internationally as well. Being active has been talked about. They've been points of emphasis politically here in recent years. Of all these things that you're talking about, how much of it have you seen filter down into youth and amateur sports? I, I will say a lot of that. So, uh, I think, you know, obviously, uh, youth sports, these, you know, young kids, they look at pro athletes and what they are doing, and they try to kind of mirror them. So everything that is happening at the pro level affects uh, youth sports. And, you know, the awareness on kind of uh, healthy choices and, and kind of uh, – healthy products that's out there. The awareness on kind of a balanced diet, kind of proper nutrition, uh, proper rest, etc. that's very important for kids, not only for their performance on the field, it's also, you know, how, how they are learning at school, right? So we believe that all, all this space is a very rich space for us as a lead brand to have a point of view and try, and try to provide this utility to athletes. It's kind of, it could be, you know, from kind of monitoring, monitoring sleep, monitoring uh, sweat, help athletes uh, get hydrated before, during, and after practice, help athletes on their nutrition. So there is this awareness uh, kind of affecting athletes of all ages uh, gives us a lot of uh, business opportunities, but also uh, a lot of uh, opportunities to educate athletes. And many of the services and, and platforms that we are developing, it's more about to drive awareness and education more than specifically selling products. We believe that that helps us also to, to, to define ourselves as, as, a, uh, as a leaders uh, in the space and for us to make athletes smarter about their overall choices in terms of uh, lifestyle, in terms of sports nutrition, etc., uh, that will make athletes better and will make us better also as a brand. I'll ask you one final brand question as we let you go. I, I wonder this, does it ever bother you to see Gatorade get wasted when someone dumps it on a winning coach? <laughs> it, it's a good question, and I need to say yes. Uh, that kind of surprised me. I'm, I'm not American, as you could tell by my accident, and the whole tradition of the dung kind of that said, wait a minute, what these guys are doing with all this product? And then I learned, talking with my colleagues, that even kind of when kind of whatever the coach is wearing and kind of gets stained with the dung, that has kind of some value even in the market that's a memorable piece so i uh, i think that it's a fantastic uh, tradition and uh, even the fact that this has been something that you know has grown organically across multiple sports and has been created not by the brand uh, it has been created by the athlete i think it's a true testimony of kind of how 
much Gatorade it is uh, kind of embedded into the DNA of uh, American sports. So, um, you know, being non-American, for me, it's a fantastic tradition. I would love it to see it, uh, you know, across more sports outside the U.S. Yeah, it's the greatest free commercial of all time, I think. <laughs> may, may have ended up Charlie, being that Charlie, way. <laughs> you say it better than me. <laughs> Chavi Cortadellas is the head of innovation and design at Gatorade. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Up next, travel teams have a solution to their streaming needs with the innovative group PlaySight. Their vice president, Scott McMeekin, joins us next. This is the Future Sport Podcast. So let's take a minute here to thank our friends at 3Advance. These guys are ranked one of the nation's top app developers, but that's not all. They've helped grow a bunch of sports tech startups like Team Builder, T-Box Tour, and In-Game Fantasy. But they're also experts in user experience, cloud APIs, and artificial intelligence. So if you're looking for a dev partner to bring your future sport tech to life, look these guys up. Go to 3advance.com. They're the team to make it happen. At Advance, you will. That's the number 3advance.com. And tell them Future Sport sent you. Our guest this week is Scott McMeek, and he's the vice president at PlaySight, which has offerings that include data analytics for player development to live streaming and automating sports productions around the world. Hey, Scott, how are you? Hey, doing great. Thanks for having me on. I mean, it's kind of a general overview. I'll let you, I'll let you explain it. What do you guys do? Well, for sure. I appreciate it. You know, I, uh, we, we do a number of things. I think the easiest way is just to explain it as we connect uh, various courts, fields, and rinks to the Internet. And then once you're connected, you know, there, there's a ton of different uh, things that we do. I'm really actually quite interested in the travel sports stuff. It seems very unique to what you guys are doing. How are you jumping into that world and helping them innovate? Yeah, for sure. So we, you know, we serve lots of different markets uh, from the pro level to collegiate to high school and then certainly to the, the youth sports market that, that you just highlighted. And um, we've got a showcase here actually in Atlanta that we work with called Lake Point. And if, if you can picture, um, you know, probably the most, um, you know, unbelievable fields and facilities you've ever seen in your life with 129 PlaySite cameras on them, um, that's one of our showcase customers where we innovate. And uh, they're going to have lots of fans and, and players that go there and have an experience unlike anywhere else in, in the country. Um, and so what's, what's really happening from a, you know, from a parent perspective, um, from a coach perspective, and then certainly from a facility perspective, there's, there's various benefits that, that we offer. You know, think about yourself as, as a dad. Um, I've got some kids and, you know, being able to actually capture the moments when they get that home run yeah, uh, or they get that, that dunk. Um, you know, my, my wife can't always travel with us, so her ability to actually watch uh, remotely and live stream is uh, certainly a huge benefit. And then when, uh, when players are, are at these events, uh, they have the ability to, uh, to get coaching tools and, and access to tools that are used by, you know, most of the NBA, 
uh, Major League Baseball teams, and so they're getting that that pro level experience at places like Lake Point and, and lots of other facilities that we work with. Um, not to be too pushy about it, but like I, I'm curious about the business model behind that. In that, like. I get it with youth sports if we're watching LeBron James' kid and there's an audience that would want to see him or the other up-and-coming stars of whatever sport we're talking about. No offense to my kids, they're not going to be playing in the NBA or the NHL, and I get my wife might want to live stream into the game I'm at with my child because he's playing baseball or whatever it is, but, but where's the model there if there's not a large audience that goes along with it? Yeah, for sure. and It, it, it does differ depending on what the sport uh, so certainly baseball is different from volleyball, which is different from basketball. Um, you know, we have a variety of, of customers that have different models. Um, you know, I'll tell you that what we are seeing is, you know, parents want to show up to a facility like Lake Point and have a great experience um, as part of that. And, you know, we, we're doing some, some different models, quite frankly, based on based on the event. Um, and, and using customer and consumer feedback uh, to determine what, what is the best model. Uh, there's going to be some events, to your point, where um, it's maybe the, the quality of the basketball is not as, as high-end as when a LeBron is there, and so that, that model is going to be different. Uh, and so there, there's going to be some models where you pay a resort fee and you come on campus and you get access to everything. Hmm. Um, and then there will be some other models where it's more a la carte. Uh, and so depending on the level of play, depending on the, the type of tournament, um, you know, we're prepared to offer, offer each of those models. Uh, with, you know, the most important thing is that they've got an experience unlike anywhere else in, in the country. Um, and so it's, it's, it's certainly a, uh, a dynamic, uh, you know, market uh, because you also have lots of interest from sponsorships, and, and obviously that changes some of the, some of the economics uh, as you go through it. Where did you see this hole? How did you guys come up with this idea to try to cater to the travel sports teams? You know, I, we, uh, we we've been working with facilities and with youth sports uh, for, for a long time, and I, I think it it originally um, came from our founder uh, watching his daughter. Um, play tennis and really realizing that there's no technology uh, on the court. And so it, it's really has started from that. And, and, you know, as you start looking at facilities, uh, travel sports are, are pri- primarily the, the user of those facilities. Um, and so that's, that's sort of how it, it started and, and it's, it's really taken off. Um, you know, we all, most of us on the team have kids and uh, we're involved in, in travel sports and, um, you know, we want we want the best experience for our kids when they go to these facilities. And um, you'd, you'd be surprised. Uh, maybe you wouldn't be surprised, but um, there's a lot of um, inefficiencies to it. And you have a lot of parents that are holding up their phones and maybe not getting the, the greatest angle. Yeah. Um, and they're having to, to go to their own resources to kind of create these highlight clips yeah. and the college coaches. Uh, and so the opportunity to automate that was uh, was something that has worked uh yeah, well listen uh, the parents make the worst highlights ever and they flood facebook with it over <laughs> for years and years um so talk to me about the quality here what do you get what does what does a parent get if they attend one of these facilities and they get a highlight package of their kid or their kid's team yeah for sure so when we connect uh, courts and rinks and fields to the to the internet um we will connect anywhere from from one camera to, to eight cameras um so here, here at Lake Point in Atlanta, on their baseball fields, we have seven cameras uh, on each field connected to, to the Internet. And so 
the parent can come and, and watch uh, the live uh, stream of that game uh, and then get a you know highlight package after the, the event with all seven angles. Uh, and those angles could be slowed down. They could be drawn upon. Um, you could take multiple games and, and, and put them together. Uh, and so having you know that ability to, to just look at a pitch both from the, what we call the high home view and then also you know the either the third base side or the opening side uh, on the, the first base side uh, is a view that college uh, scouts really want to see. Um, let's talk about some of the the bigger clients that that are that have potential audiences attached to them colleges pros high schools um, with live streaming and the automated broadcast part of this who are you working with and and what are the capabilities there yeah so for sure um, you know certainly at a pro level um, they, uh, they they've got certainly a lot of you know they don't need a whole lot of help with their live streaming you know the NBA has has that figured out um, is, is, is what we say. But they certainly uh, use it in their practice gyms. Uh, the NHL uses it in their, their practice facilities. And so what a lot of the, the professional-level teams will do is do a private live stream. And so if a coach, if a GM, if an owner is not at that facility, uh, they will you know, live stream privately what's going on in their gym for that, for that practice. Uh, we see this uh, in Major League Baseball where, you know, there's a, a spring training going on down in Florida or Arizona. The owner's not there but wants to see what's going on. They will privately live stream it. Uh, you get down into the, into the college market, and, you know, you certainly have the, the Power Five and the networks. Um, they often will have to uh, bring in, a, you know, at, at a significant expense, uh, a crew of people to, to film those games to feed it to the, to the ACC network or the Pac-12 network. And so there's an opportunity there to automate uh, the production of those of those events uh, through our technology. And then you get um, further into the D2, D3, they are uh, certainly looking for a network-type experience uh, that a lot of the top D1 schools have, and, and, and we offer that, that as well. And then jumping down into the high school market, uh, we're seeing quite a bit of high schools that want to not just broadcast maybe the, the championship football game, but... Uh, want to broadcast um, soccer, baseball, football, um, you know, gymnastics, graduation, um, you know, some of the performing arts. Uh, so we're seeing high schools uh, jump on this as well. Um, I'm sure they all ask you the same thing uh, because this all sounds amazing, but can it be done affordably? So what do, yeah. you, what do you tell them when, when they're like, yeah, we'd love to have that. How do we how do we do it? Yeah, yeah. You know, that's, that's uh, certainly um, – one of the things that, that we try to understand right up front is what are they trying to accomplish? You know, these are, these are professional level tools. Um, and how can we bring them to, to that audience at a, you know, at a price point that makes sense. And so, you know, an NBA team might have eight cameras in their gym. Um, you know, we might do a three camera installation, uh, at a, at a high school gym. Um, we can go down and, and do a one camera, uh, setup. And so we, we try to, um, you know, adjust the, the scope based on what the what the economics uh, might need to be. Um, and, you know, I think we also focus on who are the early adopters going to be of this technology that, that are willing to invest. Um, it's, it's uh, you know, it's certainly new technology and it's, it's elite level tools. And so it's, um, you know, it, it is not, um, you know, it's not free by any means. And so that's, that's something we, uh, we work with our customers on. 
Um, as for like player analytics and improvement in that realm, what are you guys offering there? Yeah, so uh, we started with uh, with tennis, and that's really where we we um, you know got going and um, got underway. And, and that product um, has a number of capabilities where you, you hop on a court and it'll tell you the speed of your serve, it'll tell you the spin rate. Uh, it'll tell you how many steps you ran, um, and there's a ton of analytics uh, that break down your hour or, or your 10 minutes on the court. Uh, you jump into to different sports like basketball and baseball, obviously the, the analytics change. Um, we're doing some things in basketball where, you know, if, if you understand what's going on on the scoreboard, you can create an event, and that event can be tagged, and you can associate a, a three-pointer to a video. Uh, similarly, in baseball, you know, if based on different uh, data that's being served up to the scoreboard, uh, you can tag those events. Uh, you can use cameras just like we do in tennis to tell you the speed of a pitch. Um, and so we're, we're certainly doing lots of things in other sports. Um, and, and quite frankly, uh, talking to our customers and, and understanding what it is that, that they want uh, us to include and, and then where it makes sense for us to partner. Um, so where do you want to see the tech improve over the next three to five years? You know, it, it's um, it, it's going to be interesting over the next uh, how fast it goes. Um, you know, in the next five years, I, I would love to see all of the, uh, the courts and fields and rinks connected to the Internet in, in some form or fashion. And then as, as new technologies and new, um, you know, ways of, of breaking down film are, are, are created, um, those can be pushed through the cloud to these facilities. And so I, I think you're going to continue to see um, to see that be the case. And, um, you know, parents are, are going to get more access to more video. Um, they're going to be able to sit at home and change camera angles and, and see, um, you know, little Johnny playing second base from huh. as many angles as they want. It's really cool. Scott McMeekin is the vice president at PlaySite. Thanks so much for joining us, Scott. I appreciate it, Brent. That will do it for us this week. Remember, the future is now. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein. The Future Sport Podcast is brought to you by Three Advance, developers of sports tech apps that are AI-powered and UX-focused. So if you're looking to create some apps for your startup or your sports biz calls for some artificial or business intelligence, you should check out Three Advance. They're incredible. Go to 3advance.com. That's the number 3advance.com.